UPS is currently hiring package handlers for its preload operation. Earn $13 an hour and receive up to $250 in weekly attendance bonuses while working up to a career as a package car driver. In as little as six months, you could have an opportunity to connect with customers and build lasting relationships in the community. Future you looks good in brown. Apply now at upsjobs.com or text BROWN to 33588. That's BROWN to 33588. The views or opinions expressed on this show are those of the producers and or persons appearing on this show. They do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Union Broadcasting or ESPN Louisville. Our combos on point while others stay struggling. If you don't know, better find out. Main event here to prove a point. Number one, best believe that. Don't turn the dial from the main event. 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 Cause all other shows are irrelevant. And welcome, 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 welcome to the main event sports Derby City game day. And as usual, it's Saturday, which means it is, in fact, game day. We have our uh, intern emeritus uh, in with us this morning. We got Rashawn and uh, Haven on the road on their way to Tallahassee this weekend uh, to, to watch our Cardinals in person against the Florida State Seminoles. Mr. William Trey Hamilton, folks, is in studio with us. Welcome to the show, young man. Thank you for having me, Billy. Pleasure yeah. to be here. Man, no problem at all. No problem at all. We're, we're actually pleased to have you uh, uh, helping us out and on board with things. But we will have uh, uh, Rashawn and, and Haven on the line calling in with us and joining in with us uh, here in a split second. Uh, we, there's a lot to get to today, folks, and we're going to get to it uh, as usual. Well, like, again, like I said, we have the U, uh, our UofL Cardinals versus the Florida State Seminoles today down in Tallahassee, Florida. We got a lot of stuff to cover in reference to that. Uh, in, a, in a second, we're going to get uh, Rashawn on the line with us to go ahead and uh, and give us some input on, on how the trip was or how the trip has been on the way down to Florida. Uh, Rashawn, are you there? Hey, what's going on, Billy? How you doing this morning? Hey, man, doing doing really good, doing really good, man. So have, have you all made it to, to, the, to, the, uh, to Florida uh, just yet? We are in the uh, palatial city known as Tallahassee, Florida. We are very, very excited uh, to be in the building. Main Events Sports Show, of course, taking it on the road. One of our favorite trips into the south to Tallahassee, Florida, the beautiful Tallahassee, Florida, home of the Florida State Seminoles and the FAMU Rattlers. Uh, so it's going down today. Um, we're very excited to see if the University of Louisville can continue um, its momentum that it's picked up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, Haven, uh, can you feel the energy in the building right now? Man, look, it's more than energy in the building. You got FAMU playing today. They're playing Southern. So you know the battle of the band is going to be off the chain. And then you got FSU and Louisville playing. Plus, you had like Tallahassee Live last night. And for those who don't know, for every home game, Tallahassee closes down downtown Tallahassee. Nice. And it's like a five or six long block party 
that they have all night long. Now, what normally happens, there's supposed to be like a joint block party for Tallahassee Live, one for FSU and FAMU, supposed to come together when they have home games on the same day and party together. But for some reason, that just hasn't happened. You know, FAMU's always been kind of left out. So all the FAMU alumni yesterday, students, faculty, staff, and everybody else decided, you know what, bump it. If the city is not going to let us join in with FSU's little closing the streets off and having a party, that's fine. We're going to go to Frenchtown and have our own party. So last night, FAMU had their own Tallahassee Live in Frenchtown. They closed down the streets, invited their own artists to come, had their own vendors, and had a good old time last night. Well, now, now, wait a minute, because I, I didn't. I thought this was just Rashawn and I, but we got the militant midget on the line with us too. Uh, how, how are y'all making this thing uh, function right now? What are y'all? Are y'all is this a Skype that y'all had set up? Wow, the militant midget. Yes, it is. <laughs> and y'all missed it. Well, I'm so glad to hear about your big party down in Tallahassee, Florida. But there was like 15 people at Fourth Street Live last night here in Louisville. So, you know, how do you like that? I know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was fat. I mean, like, it seemed like the whole city came out. Nice, you know, man. FSU was, was packed, and then FAMU's was equally packed. So, I mean, it was, they partied into the wee hours of the night. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, when did you all make it down there? We got down here a little bit uh, yesterday afternoon. Yesterday afternoon. Good stuff. Very good stuff, gentlemen. So, again, we got you all here locked in on the line, man, and we want to uh, get your input on the game. We're going to go ahead and start rolling with our with – our, uh, our, our uh, information today. Uh, what do you all think about pool and passes status? Yeah, you know, that's kind of the big question mark is um, coming off a game uh, versus West Kentucky down in Nashville where the Louisville Cardinals, of course, were successful. Of course, um, noticeable in his absence was pool and pass. Uh, Jawan did not play uh, in the game down in Nashville versus the most hated Hilltoppers. Um, he was whoa, not able whoa, to make it dealing with. Dude, <laughs> everybody loves yeah, Big I, Red, man. I got to keep saying that. that I, nobody likes that Big Red block. Nobody <laughs> likes it. Their own fans don't even like that silly match. Stop mascot. it. <laughs> but nonetheless, Louisville was able to get it done. Jawan passed dealing uh, with a turf toe injury that apparently, per uh, Scott Satterfield, um, said that he actually injured his uh, did, had his turf toe injury during the Florida State game. Or excuse me, uh, during the uh, Notre Dame game. Um, so he's been dealing with it. Um, that may have contributed to some of his issues um, in the Eastern Kentucky game. So they decided to go ahead and hold him out. Uh, so the question is, will he or will he not play in the game today? Um, Scott Satterfield spoke to Kent Taylor of Wave 3 this morning. He said that right now he's a game-time decision. They really don't want to put him out there unless he's 100%. So um, even if I was to put a guess on it, I would say that it doesn't sound like Puma Pass is going to play today because I don't think there's any chance that he's 100% healthy right now. Well, I would say this. No. I uh, After watching the West Kentucky game and, uh, and uh, the performance that Malik Cunningham put on, I, I don't really think it would be necessary to rush him back because Cunningham definitely showed uh, that he was capable of carrying the team. Uh, so from that perspective, I, I just don't see why it would be necessary to rush things to get him back, you know, maybe too soon and exacerbate the injury. I just, you know, that's my opinion. No, I'll actually not be surprised to see Louisville incorporate a two-quarterback system that if Jawan Pass is able to go, that he will get the majority of the snaps, but like 20% of snaps will go to Malik Cunningham just to give that change-up factor. And also, it makes the defense have to uh, plan for two quarterbacks and their two right. different abilities. So, 
I would not be surprised, to, like I said, to see you know, Louisville incorporate that dual quarterback system. Honestly, kind of like what you saw with uh, Brom and LaFleur's back in uh, Petrino's early days. You know, when he had like the two quarterback system where LaFleur's was obviously the starter. This was obviously LaFleur's team. But Brom would come in and run a series or two, you know, every now and then. You know, it's kind of for that change up, that change of pace. So I would not be surprised to kind of see that same thing happen here. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. And and when you talk about that two that two different that quarterback system, and they have to prepare because Cunningham, for those of you who may not know, is more of a running quarterback. But he showed last week that he can throw as well. I mean, he put on a pretty good show uh, with his arm in addition to his running ability. So uh, I think that it would be a good system. Um, but I think it also creates the lack of inconsistency for the team when you have already started off the year with a plan in place to have pass as your your main guy and, and basically playing full games to all of a sudden change it. I mean, it, it would be, a, uh, I think, some time before that new system could could actually be effective, in my opinion. Well, and it's been very interesting because, um, you know, of course there is a third quarterback uh, in that mix as well, the true freshman, Evan Conley, who got his first action down in Nashville uh, last Saturday as well. And he threw some strikes um, to too, man. He threw some good does, strikes. You know, goes moving forward. And I think uh, with the guys kind of, the you know, not being healthy at the moment, um, that it's good that they're at least getting reps. But now it's live fire. Uh, you're down in Tallahassee, first ACC game of the year, um, what Coach Satterfield likes to dub as a ring game. Uh, when he talks about when you're trying to win that ring uh, or, or win that conference championship, these are the games that take a added importance. Um, so, you know, when you have an Evan Conley who's able to get some experience last week versus um, uh, Western Kentucky, at least you don't have, you know, a, a situation where, say, Malik Cunningham, who went down, uh, with a bit of a, you know, some concussion-like uh, symptoms or, or something that they decided, you know, he kind of got his bell rung um, to go ahead and hold him out. At least you had the true freshman get hit some experience. So if Malik does have any issues in the game today, that you're not putting a true freshman out there that's never been in a game. He's never been in a uh, game. So it's going to be kind of interesting moving forward. You want to see all your quarterbacks get healthy, um, but I think that third guy as well needed to get some reps last week, so I'm excited right. to see what's going to happen. But, and that, now let's be realistic here, fellas. They are playing Florida State. We get it. But this is not – the Florida State of old. So this is not, you know, I know I know that Florida State is a big game name-wise, but, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the actual results this year, do you all think this is really that big of a game? I mean, you know, they, they have 35 guys on their roster currently that were four-star or better uh, yeah, by yeah. Uh, 247 Sports Ranking. So, I mean, that's that, that you know, kind of stands for itself. Yes, they have underachieved. Yes, they've had some issues. Um, but Louisville's probably going to be facing their biggest test in terms of uh, a defensive attack from the interior defensive line. Their, their starting defensive tackle actually leads the nation in quarterback pressures uh, this year through three weeks. Um, so, you know, there's absolutely talent out there. There's always at least four or five, quote-unquote, wow guys um, on that other side. So, wow. Florida State has not played their best football. They're one and two to start the year out. They have losses to Boise State as well as Virginia. It's still Florida State, and it's still Louisville's first road game, a true road game. So, you know, I think that they're going to have to kind of step up their game. So, no, right, I, I right. would say absolutely. But I definitely a win, a win is a win, and we'll definitely take it, uh, especially with it being an in-conference game. Uh, I will, we'll definitely take it, and we hope that they go down there and show up and show out. That's my attitude about it. But I'm just, you know, just being realistic about it in terms of 
you know, the quality of what Florida State is putting on the field at this point, you know, can we really make a whole lot out of this win if they if they bring it home? But, I mean, that's a good point to make. It, you know, Florida State is Florida State, so we'll, we'll take it for sure. For sure. So what do you, what well, do you all think it, about uh, – do you think that UofL's defense is going to be able to hold uh, Cam Akers down? You know, and that's going to be, the to me, the most interesting thing about this game. This is going to be Louisville's first not only true road game, but it's also their first conference game. You know, the last two games were against EKU and Western. So this is going to be a, definitely a step up in competition. Maybe not to the level of Notre Dame, but definitely a step up in competition. Now, based on the Notre Dame game, you know, I do expect Louisville's defense to have uh, some success against Florida State. But the thing is, and what, what Cardinal fans have to remember is this. Florida State starts fast. They start super fast. And they score all their points in the first two quarters. So don't be surprised if you see Florida State jump know, out on run up and down the field, maybe put two, even three touchdowns on the Cardinals before halftime. The what? thing is, is one, can he keep it up in the second half? Because right. what they've shown all season long is that they score all their points in the first half and they don't do anything at all after halftime. Now, what? Louisville, conversely, right. Go ahead. so far has tended to score most of the points in the first half. And then in the second half of the game, you know, Louisville really hasn't put up a ton of points except against East Kentucky. So, you know, this game will probably be a tell of two halves. And you probably won't really have a good feel of the game until like midway through the third quarter as to how this game's going to go. So right. I think it'll be really, really interesting. But right, I, but I think Louisville's defense will be up to the, to the charge. But Louisville hasn't had to fight back yet either. Louisville stayed neck and neck pretty much all game. So you feel like if Florida State jumps out on them, that Louisville is going to be able to fight back in that second half? Because Louisville hasn't hasn't had to show that ability to do that just yet. You know, they haven't, but that's that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, Florida State all year long, and they're playing three games in, but in all three of their games, they've jumped out to large first-half dominating leads where it looks like they're about to just blow their opponents away and the game's going to be over. And then the second half, it's the exact opposite. It's almost like they forget to play football. Like they check out mentally at halftime, and it's over. And the other team roars back. And in two times this season, the other team has roared back and won. Right. And actually, honestly, FSU should have lost to Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, yeah, that missed field goal. <laughs> yeah, that was – and look, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Willie Taggart fan. You know, he's a Hilltop alum. He was he was the quarterback when I was in school at Western Kentucky. He was our quarterback under uh, Jack Harbaugh, um, you know, the father of the Harbaugh brothers. And uh, – you know, I support him 100%, man, and I wish him nothing but success. But I, I feel like he this if they, if they lose this game, fellas, I feel like Taggart, you know, is going to be on the hot seat more so than he already is. Do you all think he makes it through this loss? Uh, if Taggart loses this game, if I was him, I would get a, a good U-Haul truck and just kind of park <laughs> in my driveway just hey. He say because, you gonna get a pod, one of them pod moving storage, moving yeah, storage. Yeah, unit. yeah, yeah. The brother's gonna put a pod in his backyard. Because, <laughs> man, you know it's reading the Tallahassee Democrat and talking to the you know the FSU fans at the Tallahassee Live. They ain't too happy. Like, well, I could year, imagine. Kind of forgive and be like he took over Jimbo Fisher. The offensive line was trash. Yada, yada, yada. But, yada, but has he been given enough time, though? He hasn't even brought his guys in yet. Has he been given enough time? He hasn't. But see, see now, but here's the problem being FSU. FSU has dudes. You have dudes at FSU. It's just can you coach the dudes that are there? Now, you can bring your own guys. 
that maybe fits your system a little bit better. True. But FSU has talent. That's not the problem. The problem is can you coach up the talent that they have? And right now, if you look at you know FSU on film, the lack of discipline, the second-half collapse points to you're not coaching these guys right. And that's what it points to. With the bottom line, it points to you're not coaching these guys to the best of their abilities or to the best of your ability. So Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, and I, I understand that too. And I, But at the same time, I mean, he's had one and a, a piece of a season. I mean – and this is a tale of what's going on currently in college sports. You know, you get one show, and then people are ready to get rid of you. And that's why the turnover rate with these coaches is so high right now. I mean, you have to give people time to get settled in. You see how Charlie Strong ended up uh, in Texas. You know, it, they don't give you much time to get in. And But I get it, though. When you're making, you know, $7 million a season, you know, people want results. I get that. But people have to get to the point where they understand that results take time. You know, it just it's a it's a thing that you have to bring in a new system, and and oftentimes that is not going to be extremely effective until you completely turn over your roster. And we we know well, that well, Billy, why, but Billy, why I do agree with that. I mean, you got to understand that Florida State is a national championship football program. Okay, when you are taking over a national championship football program, Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, was a guy who got you know had, had a lot of ridicule when he won eight or nine games in a season. This right. is a program that expects to be at ten wins or better in a season. I they get just won it. Right. A, a national championship, I believe it was, what, 2013 uh, was when they won it with Jameis Winston and company. So this is a, you know, when you're a coach Crab and you're taking James. over Florida State, they're not expecting – you know, 500 results. And not only have they not been 500, they've been below 500. So if you're Willie Taggart, you're in a tough spot because they're not expecting a quote-unquote rebuild. They're expecting a reload. So, I mean, when you're a Florida State team who's given up more first downs than anyone in college football, and you've had some of the struggles that you've had defensively uh, with penalties, with turnovers, and just general sloppy play. Um, I think it is a poor reflection on the coach, and you just can't have that. And for Willie Taggart, um, I just think that he's going to be under a ton of scrutiny um, if he does go out there and lose that game today, a lot like Bobby Petrino was under a ton of scrutiny last year when they ultimately lost the game they should have won at home versus the Seminoles. And then, of course, Bobby Petrino ends up getting run out of town before the end of the year. Right, but that that was the scrutiny that was well-deserved after his fifth season here. I mean, you got plenty of time to get things going. So what happened last year with the, the Louisville Cardinals, of course, I've always said it and I still say it, I'm not blaming Bobby Petrino for it. But, I mean, you know, after seeing what they're doing now, after seeing what Satterfield's doing right now with that pretty much the same roster, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against it. I, mean, I had to just eat my words on that. But, uh, again, fellas, we got our, uh, our intern emeritus here in studio with us, Mr. Uh, William Trey Hamilton. What, what's your input on this, uh, Trey? I mean, you know, the UFL fans can be in, in, impatient at times, especially if they don't get the results that they want. If they don't get the results that they want at, by a certain period of time, they may hop off the bandwagon. They may be like, oh, UFL sucks. I can't believe they're losing this way. So, I mean, just, just, just like you said, things take time. And, you know, it's a slow process. But, you know, you have to trust the process. Right. That's I the agree. most important thing. I agree. Y'all heard it here first, man. Trey, I agree with Trey. But And I also, like I said, I have a certain affinity towards Willie Taggart. So, in that instance, I'm being a little more patient, or I'm willing to be a little more patient. But I, you know, I understand what the what the fans down in Florida State are, where they're coming from. But I just, you know, think that they're, they're jumping the gun a little too soon, talking about getting rid of them. So you, you all literally think that 
you know, this game, maybe the next game, if they lose both of those games, he's out of there? I just think that it's going to be very difficult. They, they, Willie needs to find a way to get to a bowl game. You can't miss bowl games in your first two years at Florida State when Jimbo Fisher left and they made a bowl game under Jimbo Fisher. The biggest thing is you want to see a team at least hold the line and be as good as they were the year previous right. and then improve in the second and third seasons. And instead, Florida State took a big step backwards uh, in the first year after Jimbo Fisher leaves. They can't do that again. So all I'm going to say is, Willie, it may not get done this week, and hopefully it doesn't get done this week uh, versus the <laughs> University of Louisville, but he needs to find a way to make a bowl game. That's, that's the end of the – at the end of the day, I think that has to happen. I agree with you on both Absolutely. points. I hope our cars go down there and knock them out. Willie, you my dog, but, man, not today, brother. Not today. And, fellas, we're definitely running up against our first break, but uh, y'all will be on the line with us on, on, in the second uh, segment. So we'll look forward to being with y'all here in a second. Welcome back to the main event sports show here with the Derby City Game Day, folks. We are here live at ESPN Louisville. We got Rashawn. We got Double H Haven Harrington on the line. And we got our man, our intern emeritus, William Trey Hamilton in studio with us. Uh, so, fellas, you all are down in Tallahassee, Florida. We got you all here on the line. Um, y'all, you made the trip down. Everything went fine with that. And we've been talking about uh, how Willie Taggart is going to make it through this uh, loss uh, because we know our car is going to go down there and bring home the win. Uh, fellas, are you here with us? Man, yeah, we're still here, man. Still here. Good stuff, still man. Good stuff. Down here in beautiful Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, we had, we, we had someone come in on the text line, too. Don't turn the dial from the main event. That's what somebody sent in on the text line. That's what's up, man. <laughs> keep listening in and keep supporting us. So, fellas, um, you all had some information that you wanted to share with the folks. I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, we do. You know, for all our listeners out there, you know, we want to make sure that you and your families are protected in case something happens. So, with that in mind, please give my friend, David Duncan, of Legacy Life Insurance Brokerage Firm, a call. He's a licensed life insurance agent with over 15 years of insurance experience, specialized in life insurance protection. We give him a call at 502-714-1713. Again, that number is 502-714-1713. And make sure your family's protected, man. You know, life insurance is important. Man, not only does it protect your family, but, you know, it helps. You know, pass on a little wealth from generation to generation. So give my man a call, and he'll be more than happy to, you know, talk you through everything and make sure that you and your family is protected to the hill. That's what's up, man. Yeah, David Duncan, man, he's definitely a friend of the show. Me and David go way back to our days at UK. Uh, yeah, that's that's right, yeah. For you, those you know of what? you who know how much I hate on UK, uh, I did attend I UK. Did. Yeah, you do hate UK, but speaking of UK, the Cayutes got themselves a game against Mississippi State today. Yes, you they know, do. But, but honestly, I'm more excited to see what Cash Daniels is going to do. You know, last week he decided to put the Florida quarterback in the ankle lock, in, in the Kurt Angle, uh, Kurt Angle ankle lock. He put him in the figure four this with week, his hands. <laughs> I know, right? 
So this <laughs> week, I want to see if my, if my man is going to try to maybe do like a figure four leg lock and try to get Mississippi State's running back to tap out. All right. He's going to put him in a full Nelson. And then he tried to That's deny right. it. It's like, dude, every camera angle has, you know, you can see you do, you grab this man's foot and try to break his ankle. He denied it. But then he tried to come out with some old WWE uh, promo cut that he tried to listen to me. Listen to me, brothers. I've been cheated on before. They tried to step on my hand back in high school. But I persevered. I didn't do nothing to that man. No, I'm you're lying. You're li- he really Where did you that. Uh, you joking? I'm, I'm joking. Honestly, I'm only oh. halfway joking. <laughs> I was like, man, did he really do that? That would have been dope if he did, though, right? <laughs> I know, right? Just- Got like all WWE on them. Hey, no, that would have been live, man. <laughs> that would have been live. I would have liked it. I would have definitely liked now, it. Let, let me say something about Cash. Like he, he did come out, you know, with with his little lame excuse where he's like, "I don't know what he's talking about." What happened was with the video playing behind his head. <laughs> I leg. So when I was trying to pull my hand out from underneath the nice lineman's leg, I may have accidentally <laughs> brushed against this young man's ankle. But it was completely, uh, you know, unintended. Right. And then I, I was, I was hurt child and, and i used to be people used to be mean and pick on me so i don't know why everybody's talking about it then of course wkyt comes out with the angle showing right. that literally he did like his best in stamp you can see it the grimace on his face and everything while he's trying to twist his <laughs> oh it was it was it was hilarious like poor, poor cow trash man he comes in off the bench leads florida on a comeback cash tried to you know, do his best uh bounty gate if you remember that from the old uh, new orleans uh, saints Oh uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the pay, the pay to knock know, him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he tried to pull off the bounty gate and get Trask out of the game. Uh, and you know, of course, for unfortunately for Kentucky, it did not work. Did not. The Cats did go down. Hey, and you know what? I got to give Kentucky credit. That game, the Kentucky Florida game, are always hype. Like it, it, it was so loud last Saturday. Uh, you know, when they were playing that game. Um, you know, Kentucky was winning. Everything was going well. Uh, Haven's favorite guy, Cavassier Smoke, was <laughs> running the football up and down the field. <laughs> and then some kind of way, the Wildcats found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And the Cats went down. So, you know, we'll have to see if they can bounce back down to Mississippi State this week. As you're saying that, the replay of the game is coming on on the TV here in the studio. <laughs> Literally, they're – they're just starting the broadcast of it. But, yeah, we are about uh, two and a half seconds over time with our any U.K. coverage because, you know, we have a very strict 25-second uh, time <laughs> limit that we can talk about U.K. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, fellas, and move on to something else. I, I don't, anything, actually, uh, would be better than talking about U.K., in my opinion. Oh, well, that's the case. <laughs> we got tons to talk about. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard they're going to be running old 227 uh, uh, <laughs> reruns on Fuse. Let's talk about that. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what, man? But honestly, though, seriously, touchdown Teddy makes his uh, quarterback starting debut. Yeah, now, look, let me let me say something real quick. Let me say something real quick on that because I, I am the person who was responsible for the post on the main event sports page in reference to that. I am not – I was in no way was I celebrating. You know, if you all saw that post, that jam, Teddy, jam for me, it was, and it was the link to – the Drew Brees injury uh, 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 story, but I was celebrating the fact that we our quarterback is now going to have a chance to to take the starting position again. But I was in no way celebrating the injury to Drew Brees. Just wanted to make sure people Billy, completely understood that. Billy, the body wasn't even cold yet, and you were no, dancing no, no. on the break. How dare you? 
Yeah. I, I was doing the ride tip well shuffle on this. Hold on. And you know what? Now is the time where you put the mo- your money where your mouth is because you literally came out before the season and said that you felt that Teddy Bridgewater was the better quarterback in New Orleans, better than Drew Brees, a multiple-time pro bowler, That's a multiple-time cool. MVP, a Super Bowl champion, and you yep. came out and you said Teddy Bridgewater was the better quarterback. I did, and so not, just, not just Drew Brees. I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than a lot of court- uh, well, well-touted quarterbacks I, I've always said it. He is the smartest quarterback that I've ever seen behind center, ever. Now, whether or not it, it shows up on the field in terms of his athletics and, and, and you know, things like that, it's going to be, you know, something that we'll find out in time. And I, first of all, I'm thankful that he's back into the opportunity to be a starting quarterback for an NFL team, first and foremost. Uh, again, no, in no way am I, am I happy about Drew Brees getting injured, but we know that's a part of the game, you know, Somebody comes, goes out with the injury, the next person in line steps up. It is what it is. It's part of the game. So I'm very happy now. Go ahead. No, I I totally agree with you. And, you know, of course, Drew Brees had successful thumb surgery, so they expect he's going to probably be out five to six weeks. So, you know, Sean Payton, who's made no bones about the fact that Teddy uh, is basically the the, uh, quarterback incumbent, uh, you know, to kind of take over. Um, after Drew Brees decides to hang up the old Spurs. So this will be kind of a dress rehearsal for Teddy Bridgewater yes, over the next five or six weeks. So I'm definitely hoping uh, that he can go out and put his best foot forward and show and prove uh, because he did have a rough time of it last week, but now he's taking all the snaps as the starter this week, um, and hopefully he's going to have a better time of it. But I'm very excited because you're not only going to have one uh, Louisville starting quarterback, yes, two indeed. now uh, joining Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, who probably got the game of the year. Uh, yes, in, in the NFL uh, right now, at least to this point, with Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, the marquee matchup uh, heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Fellas, I, I don't know if I can say that this, this game between Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes reminds gonna... me so much of Lamar's sophomore year when Louisville came out with the pregame ESPN game day, was in Louisville for Louisville, Florida State. Lamar Jackson, could he duplicate his you know, outstanding performances versus Syracuse and some lesser-known opponents. Could he do that on the big stage versus Florida State? And, of course, Lamar Jackson goes on to just show out against FSU, ends up winning the Heisman Trophy that season. This game has that same type of buzz around it. Of Can Lamar Jackson duplicate two amazing first games of the season in his second year? And can he go out there and put himself firmly into the MVP race Early in the NFL season, I'm very excited. Against the Chiefs defense, which we all know is a very, very tough defense. Now, let me ask you a question. Last week, I saw something after the, after his game last week that his numbers from that game were a, an NFL record. Is that true? You know, they said that his, uh, his numbers for rushing and, and passing were, were an NFL record, the combination of them. Yeah, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for uh, over 250 yards and also run Ran for like 120 plus yes, yards. Okay, so that's true. So, that is true. He, he's the first quarterback to ever do that. He's the only quarterback, along with Patrick Mahomes this year, to have seven touchdowns without any interceptions. He is off to an absolutely torrid start right now. So, uh, you know, if Lamar can find a way to go out there versus Patrick Mahomes and, and put on a show in Kansas City, 
uh, it could go a very long way uh, towards a big-time, big-time season. And as we talked about, being right there for the MVP, I think everybody's going to be checking out that game. It's, it's uh, this Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, lock it in. I believe they're going to be showing the game uh, there with the local affiliates there in Louisville. Um, so I cannot wait to see what happens with that game. Haven, uh, when you talk about you know, what's going on with Lamar Jackson, um, A, can he duplicate? what he's done these first two weeks, and B, do you think the Ravens can come out with the big? Best-case scenario for this game, it's a shootout. I mean, I think that's what, that's what everybody wants to see. That's you what have, everybody wants to see. You have arguably in Patrick Mahomes, the best young quarterback in the NFL. I mean, no offense to Lamar Jackson, but Patrick's done it for two years now. He's just been literally on fire. And that Chiefs offense – is next level, and they have a defense that can keep up with their offense, which is amazing. Then you bring in Lamar Jackson and Hollywood. I mean, that tandem has been money in the bank. Oh, it's, money in the bank. Oh, it's in the bank for sure. And everybody's waiting to see, like you said, a shootout between these two young quarterbacks. And I mean, I can't wait, seriously. Uh, for those of you, if they're not going to be showing it here locally, I have NFL Sunday tickets, so as long as you come to the crib with some wings, you're more than welcome. But don't show up empty-handed. But no, fellas. Uh, so, yeah, no, everybody's – all eyes are going to be on that game. Do you think this is going to be the, the biggest challenge for Lamar Jackson at this point? Oh, easily. I mean, this game right here, because to me, the Chiefs will most likely make it back to the AFC Championship game. I mean, they are that good. That team is just loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Plus, Andy Reid, I think, is doing his best job coaching he has done in, like, forever. So, you got all the ingredients. I mean, this is about a heavyweight. Both these teams are most likely will win the division. Both of these teams will go deep in the playoffs. So, this is probably just giving, like, a precursor to literally probably the second, maybe third round of the NFL playoffs. This is like a, just like a big heavyweight fight. And I'm interested to see, you know, what adjustments are made. Because right now with the Ravens, with the first game, they wanted to prove Lamar can throw deep. Right. That they could take the top off of defense. And boy, did they. In the second game, they wanted to prove that Lamar has a great intermediate game with his throwing. Plus, he's still a threat to run the ball. So this game, they're going to try to put everything together. They're going to try to take the top off the defense, hit Hollywood Brown going deep. They're going to try to hit their tight end, who's been averaging uh, 10 catches a game and 100 yards uh, receiving a game, which is just phenomenal because the Ravens have, like, three great tight ends. They have three great And you're going to see Lamar run the ball. You're going to see, like, the full Lamar Jackson show on display. And then with the Chiefs, you already know what you're going to get. But knowing the NFL, this will probably turn into, like, a defensive struggle. (laughs) I mean, this is probably because you still got two great defenses. And these guys are going to game plan. They'll do everything they can to stop these dudes. But honestly, you really can't stop them. So no, this, I agree. This, it may not be a high-scoring game, but they're going to put some points on the board. And you're not going to be able to slow them down. This may come down to the last guy has the ball win. So I'm just, I'm just excited to see you know, what happens. And I, I can't even make a prediction on this game because I, I'm just excited. But this is what the NFL is all about. It is, and I, I hope that it's a high score. I want it to be a shootout. I don't want it to be a low-scoring defensive type of game. I want it to be a shootout. And speaking of those tight ends that uh, with the Ravens, they spoke on that during the game last week, said that they have a bit of a bromance, you know, to where they're like, 
you know, real close friends or they, they, they're basically trying to stay close knit uh, with their roles on the team. And uh, they talked also about the relationship between Lamar Jackson and uh, the tight end Andrews and uh, how they have uh, kind of, you know, gelled so well even off the field. And you can see how it's reflected on their on the field, you know, connections that they're making. So it's definitely uh, going to be a lot to see on that field tomorrow during that game. And I, I, I'm just like you guys. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. I'm very much so looking forward to it. Well, Billy, I, I tell you what, I, I will go ahead and I will make a prediction. And I know we're coming up against our, our next break, uh, but I'm going to say it. I think Lamar Jackson is going to go out there to Kansas City. They should have beat the Chiefs uh, at Kansas City last year if it wasn't for an amazing fourth, and I believe it was 17 conversion um, by Patrick Mahomes last year, uh, which ended up leading ultimately to the touchdown that put the Chiefs ahead for good. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to um, come out this, this uh, week and this year they're going to get that win on the road at Kansas City, and Lamar Jackson's going to be set up uh, for a big-time, big-time season. I cannot wait to see what happens. I agree with you. Uh, Hurst, Boyle, and Andrews are probably the best trio of tight ends maybe in the NFL. Yes, indeed. Um, and when you combine in uh, what Hollywood Brown's able to do, what Willie Sneed can do at wide receiver, um, as well as the rest of these young guys like Jadarian Boykin making plays, Lamar Jackson has – um, talent. He has a, a very experienced running back in Mark Ingram as well, a former Heisman winner as well. Um, that team is amazing. They that have a lot of threats. Is amazing. Yeah, they have a they, lot of weapons. They, you know, right now, to me, the Patriots and the Ravens may be the best two teams in the AFC. So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. Um, but you know what? You're listening to the main event sports show, Derby City Game Day, Rashawn Haven live in Tallahassee uh, here on 93.9 The Ville. We're very excited to be down here bringing you um, complete coverage uh, here. Make sure you continue to tune in to us. Check out MainEventSports101.com see everything we have going on with the main event sports show you can also download the app just search keyword main event sports um on the google play um or itunes app stores as well uh you are listening to the main event sports show and we'll be right back excellent Welcome back to the main event sports show. We got Rashawn Quadruple A Myers and Haven Double H Harrington on the line, as well as our intern emeritus William Train Hamilton here in studio with us. Uh, fellas, you all here with us uh, on the line from Tallahassee, Florida, as you're down there to uh, witness the Louisville Florida State game in person. Uh, so again, fellas, we're gonna uh, speak about this rec- big recruiting event we got coming up here in Louisville, Louisville Live for the basketball side of things. So, uh, fellas, what are you all hoping that will come out of this event? Rock. Haven, y'all, y'all there with us? Okay, well, yeah, in case fans didn't know, next Saturday on the uh, 28th, we have a, a big event uh, down at 4th Street Live. We're going to have a basketball court set up. Uh, we're going to have a dunk contest, three-point shooting contest. It's a, a recruiting tool that uh, uh, 
that Coach Mack brought here to town last year, and it was a big success. It's, it's not as much of a pep rally as it is an event for the fans. So fans can come out, and they, they actually put on an, uh, an event for the fans, uh, you know, in terms of an exhibition game and, and a dunk contest and a three-point shooting contest. So it's a lot to see down there, and it's something that uh, the new recruits or the prospective recruits can come to town and check out and uh, get a, get their first taste of, uh, you know, the Louisville fan base. Uh, so, Trey, have you did you uh, have the opportunity to attend Louisville Live last year? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, no. Okay, yeah, it's a pretty raucous uh, event, man, and it's something worth worth attending if you have the chance. So, again, look forward to that next Saturday at 4th Street Live down uh, – or um, in the downtown center of Louisville, we're going to get back to talking about the Louisville uh, Florida State game, and as well as uh, what we're expecting to see out of this weekend's uh, games that are coming up. Our picks for the week uh, from the the college side as well as the NFL side. We're going to go to that. We're going to try to get Haven and and, uh, and uh, Rashawn back on the line here in a second as well. So uh, again, so feel free to give us a call or shoot us a text and let us know what you think. And let, uh, about the games that we have coming up and then also about the Louisville and Florida State games. But, uh, again, this week, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have his shot as the quarterback down in New Orleans. And my attitude about, you know, Rashawn was saying that, you know, I have to put my money where my mouth is about the statements I made about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and obviously somebody agrees with me. If they're saying that he's the next person in line behind Drew Brees, you know, that's a big statement to make. Or oh, that's actually a big uh, uh you know, a gesture to make. If you're going to make him your next in line, but after Drew Brees hangs it up, you know, that lets you know that they have a lot, you know, invested in him as well. So you got to understand that that's, uh, you know, their way of saying that they kind of agree with where I'm coming from. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is an excellent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Trey, do you have anything to say on that? Absolutely. I mean, I think Teddy, you know, deserves a fair shot to show what he's made of, you know, and I think if he can lead them to a, a possible winning season or win a few games and, you know, sky's, sky's the limit for me personally. Right, right. No, I'm with that, man. I'm definitely with that. Uh, have we been able to get Haven Rock back on the line just yet? Uh, I tried talking to him and didn't hear anything back. So okay, maybe okay. We'll, we'll just keep back. it rolling. We'll just keep it rolling. So, yeah, so we got a lot coming up this weekend in terms of picks. Uh, hey, uh, Rocky has already gave us his pick on the UofL Florida State game. And I'm going right along with them. I think that uh, UofL is going to take that game home. Uh, and I think that the fans here will be uh, more than deserving of that big win, uh, especially starting off our season to have a one in, a 3-1 and one record, I think would uh, make a big uh, statement for Scott Satterfield. Um, you know, I'm, I, as I said, Coach uh, Satterfield is now fam. He is definitely a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. So uh, we're, we're hoping him nothing but success down there. Uh, and quite a few other big games coming up this weekend. Uh, in terms of uh, UK, we go stick with the local, you know, teams. Uh, I definitely hope uh, that they bounce back from that loss last week and uh, get things back in order this this time around. So, and I got something coming in on the text line from from uh, from Rashawn and 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 Haven here. Let's see what they're saying. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get back connected with us here, so we'll we'll keep working on that. Uh, as the time goes on. But as far as uh, we have some more news about what's going on uh, in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger being out. And uh, Stephen A. Smith suggested that they should sign Colin Kaepernick. You know, and I, I would see no problem with that. I think he would be a good fit for their system. However, I think that 
the Steelers wouldn't be willing to take that risk on Colin Kaepernick. As much as they seem to be about doing something like that, I mean, they you know they talked about giving Mike Vick another chance when he went out, uh, you know, with his issues and such. But you know, it didn't come to fruition. So I'm not pretty sure whether or not they're going to bring Colin Kaepernick in. I think it would be a good look for him. But you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, Stephen Stephen A. Smith seems to suggest that it would be a good idea. And I think we got uh, Rashawn and Haven back on the line. So let's see what the those fellas have to say about that. Oh, yeah. You know, Colin Kaepernick would be, just from a talent perspective, would be an excellent fit for the Steelers. Because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the Steelers, we don't have, like, a good backup quarterback. Like, most teams in the NFL have, like, crappy backup quarterbacks. And, you know, this guy went to the Super Bowl, so he obviously has the talent. And Pittsburgh is not an untalented team, man. Pittsburgh has talent, even though they lost, you know, a lot of talent this offseason, like uh, Antonio Brown and others. But, man, you know, you, you got to get the best guy out there because if not, this is going to be a long season for the Steelers. I, I know Mason Rudolph is, you know, he was a good college quarterback. He hasn't shown too much in the NFL. But, man, bruh, you got to make that move, man. You have to get the best guy out there because you have a chance to make some noise in AFC. You got to do it. But in the meantime, the Steelers also are paying a price for passing up on one Lamar Jackson that they should have drafted in the draft. I mean, all the indications were they're going to get Lamar. They decided to pass because they got Big Ben and they were okay with him. But, hey, snooze you lose, baby. Yeah, is Rocky still there with you? Yeah, Rock's still here. Rock, you got any no, input I, I, on You know what? I, I totally agree with Haven in terms of that. Uh, but, you know, it, it's been proven that, you know, that they would just about hire anybody <laughs> other uh, than than Colin Kaepernick. Um, I thought that Stephen A. bringing it up uh, was cool. I, I totally agree with it. The Steelers do have a team uh, that is full of talent. When you have guys like um, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, um, they could still accomplish a lot this year. Um, but it'll be interesting because, you know, you have so many guys going down with injuries. Um, are you willing to roll the dice? But the question is, you know, Kaepernick's been out of the game for a few years now. How much does he still have left? Is he able to ramp it back up? Has he been in, you know, good enough shape? I know people continue to want to talk about giving him a shot. But the question is, has he been continue to keep his body together? Um, so it, it's kind of a wait and see. I don't know if, if Stephen A's pleas are going to be heard, but it'll be interesting. If, if anybody could get it done, I think it would be the Steelers. I think it would be a good fit for him. I really do, uh, and I, I hope they give him an opportunity. But I think that for the sake of Colin Kaepernick's legacy, he doesn't need to play football again, and that's just my opinion because if he does play football and he is not uh, as successful as people are suggesting that he could be, I think it's going to ruin his legacy for everything that he stood for and everything he sacrificed for this. I think it's going to make him look as though, you know, it was all for naught. Because to say that he's being passed over and he has the skills and then to give him that opportunity, if he doesn't step up to the plate and become this, I mean, people would expect him to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in history to make all of this make sense. The expectations are going to be through the roof. So for even him to, for him to come back and be a mediocre quarterback, all of the argument that's been made over these past few years about him being passed over, it's it's just gonna be you know it's gonna make it all look like it was just for no reason. 
No, I totally agree with you. I think there would be a ton of expectation placed on his shoulders. I don't know if he'd have to be one of the greatest ever, but he would definitely be expected to be a quarterback that could lead a team uh, to a playoff charge. I agree with that. He's a guy who's already been to a Super Bowl uh, and you know, and leading the 49ers there. So it would be expected for him to be a, an above-average, maybe a top-ten quarterback if he did come back. So, no, I, I totally agree with that. But I know we are moving towards the end of the show, so we're going to go ahead and get into our pick segment before the YBD of the week, which is, of course, always our favorite uh, segment that, that, that Mr. William Wright brings to us every week. But um, I did want to ask you, fellas, what you thought. We have a couple of games uh, on the tilt that we want to talk about besides the FSU-U of L game. Uh, on the hot seat, a guy who is uh, squarely on the hot, uh, hot seat, Mr. Jim Harbaugh, uh, and the Michigan Wolverines are going to be taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, fellas, uh, who, who do you think is going to get that one done today? I'm going to go with Michigan on that one, I, and that's just my attitude about uh, Jim Harbaugh. I just think that he, he knows how to step up and make things happen when it's necessary. Whoa, Michigan. You know what? I'm going to say this. Harbaugh has greatly underperformed since he's been in Michigan. And this would be the perfect game for all you football fans out there and for all you, you football fans that can hear or there was, or within the sound of my voice. If you have young kids, you know, 11, 10, 9, and younger, they have never really seen what football was like in the 70s. Watch this game. It's going to be like throwback football to the 70s. A whole bunch of running, maybe like three or four passes per game. It's going to be three yards in the cloud of dust. So Michigan has pretty good defenses against guys who run traditional offenses. But Michigan has like zero offense, like none, zero zilch. Your offense is trash. I'm taking Wisconsin. Matter if I'm going to take Wisconsin, and to quote my friend Billy, Wisconsin by 14. <laughs> Alabama by 14. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I, I agree. I, I think uh, the way Army was able to run the ball on Michigan, I just don't know if the Michigan defense is going to be good enough. Uh, give me the Wolverines as well. Uh, Trey, you got a pick? I'm going to take Michigan. I like that. You know, we're watching the uh, actual college game day on the screen behind Trey here, and they have young Jeezy on as the guest picker today. And, and Jeezy picked Michigan too, so I feel comfortable with my pick. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, the other marquee game of the week is going to be Notre Dame, their first big game since winning at Cardinal Stadium versus U of L. They're heading down between the hedges to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to go ahead and say I think that Notre Dame is going to go down to Georgia. They're going to make it a tough game, but I do think the Bulldogs are going to get the win. Who do you guys got? I, too, am going to go with Georgia. I like that pick. Uh, I think Georgia is a, is on a nice little roll right now. And I think Notre Dame is still working out some kinks. You know, uh, after, I think that Louisville game kind of kind of got their season off to a bad start. So I think I think Georgia's going to make this happen. They're the number three team in the country for a reason, and I think they're going to make it happen. Even though Notre Dame's number seven, I think Georgia is still going to pull it off. You know, I'm going to go with – Georgia. Sweet Georgia's on my mind. I wanted to pick Notre Dame, but I'm just not convinced that Ian Book is that dude. And Georgia's defense at home between the hedges with their great wide receivers running back, I just don't see Notre Dame able to stop, you know, that type of offense deluge that they're going to see in Georgia. I, I think they could keep it close, but give me the dogs all day, twice a day. 
I like that. I like that. So what what about the on the NFL side of things, fellas? What are y'all thinking about this Kansas City and uh Baltimore game? Oh, 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 oh. we got to for Trey. What's his prediction? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Look, that's part of his initiation. You don't get a pick. No. <laughs> Georgia. Oh, he said Georgia. Look, look, look. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's the way to do it. I like it. I like it. He's going with Georgia. So, fellas, what are you all thinking about this uh, Kansas City and, and Baltimore Ravens game? I know uh, that the Rock has already put his pick in for, for Baltimore. What are you thinking, Haven? Man, you know what? It's, it's, it's a brawl for it all. I think it's going to be a close game, just like last year. It should come down to the to the last play of the game. This is a much improved Lamar Jackson, proving all the naysayers wrong. I like going it. deep, going short. I like running, it. Doing, he's a man. I like it a lot, and I'm going with Baltimore as well. I think he's going to make it happen. To the Chiefs get the win. Oh boy, At hold home. tight, hold tight. Okay, well yeah. you do that. You do that by yourself. I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs. I mean, Holmes, I mean, look. Mahomes is the real deal. No, no, no. We don't. We don't need your uh, your uh, justification. You've already made your statement, and you're not invited to the cookout. That's all we need to know. <laughs> That's all we need to know. So don't be in here when we got when we got uh, Lamar here in studio. What are you thinking, Trey? Definitely be more. Thank you. Thank you Definitely very much. More. Thank you very much. And fellas, we're gonna uh, wrap up the picks. Uh, we got a couple split seconds. We're gonna uh, get into the big dummy segment here. So yeah, uh, we got our picks in for the week. And everybody knows uh, I'm going to support Lamar Jackson no matter who they're playing. But it's time. It's definitely time, that folks, for that time of the week, the You Big Dummy segment. What do you want, you big dummy? And Antonio Brown, the gift that keeps on giving. After being accused of yet another sexual assault scandal this week, AB was first dropped from his largest endorsement deal with Nike. At that point, Robert Massage Parlor Craft and Bill Belichick agreed, enough is enough. Antonio Brown is now an unemployed football player. You this, big dummy. After doing everything in his power to be released from the Raiders. Oh, the irony. Now, my friend, you have been released from the NFL. You Antonio Brown, you are the big dummy of the week. And that is going to about do it for us here, folks, in the studio. We got Haven and Rashawn broadcasting live from Tallahassee. We got hey, William hey, Trey hey, Hamilton hey, here in the studio. By the way, William, uh, Cardinals win today. Give me the win, uh, 28-24. I like it. I like it. I'm going for Cardinals as well. So we are out of here, folks. We appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you next week. Peace. Peace. Hey, and like we always like Bluegrass Karting and Events now has the fastest go-karts in Kentucky and axe throwing. Grab your co-workers, family, and friends and make a night of it with our new full bar and food menu. Bluegrass Karting and Events is Louisville's premier high-speed entertainment destination online at bluegrasskarting.com.